0: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Wait! Did we just invent California?
2: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And... Hey, the band's back together.
3: Yeah, man. First time in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Feels so good. I right? know. Yeah. So Monday, I, oh, I I I had to move suddenly again, like second time in ten months because of another mold issue, and so we moved uh, over the weekend, and uh, then we locked ourselves out of the house last night. And two and a half hours <laughs> later, uh, we got back in. So uh, yeah.
4: You you've had a nice year of. Uh of struggles with your, with your home.
3: home. Oh my gosh. Hopefully this is it though. (laughs) Hopefully this is it. We moved down uh, into the South Bay and there's actually a lot of people. uh, Amber Theodore Harris uh, is down there. Akbar's down there. Lindsay Rose is down there. Yeah.
2: Except your, your zip code and Akbar's zip code are a little bit, different like so
3: he you're right he's manhattan beach which is where the fancy pants is all live see, and redondo beaches like the people who want to be in manhattan beach Akbar lives next to famous rappers and stuff like, yeah
2: you know, like I, he literally one day on you know on taping the show just uh you know casually dropped that like he lives next door to kendrick lamar oh yeah. well yeah. then yeah damn
3: and exactly <laughs> he, his, his he has another neighbor who apparently writes reviews for uh sports cars magazines uh. and so like Every sure I... every few weeks, he has got a new, sick car in his driveway that he's so test driving. I have a driving.
4: suspicion that I actually have a neighbor like that, too, because we have a shared parking garage, right? And mm-hmm. there's always a really cool new car next to me. I mean, this week, I think it was, or two weeks ago, it was like the brand new Toyota Supra. Okay. I was like, I mean, how, how do you change this, your car up every it's week? so quick. I know. Then, then last week, it was a Nissan GTR. Wow. Like, yeah, I was like... I mean, that's awesome. Must dude. be nice. Yeah, I mean, I think there's quite a few people like
3: that out here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a perfect place for here, it. Here, I'll pay you to drive this sick car. Yeah. And then a month later, I'll pay you to drive another sick car. That, just, that, that's pretty
2: good. I'm just excited. There's a free shuttle to LAX near my apartment. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh,
3: that's why you moved down. There. That's exactly why. I moved that's down. why you moved. Free down
2: shuttle there. to uh, to and from the we're airport. We're probably now. you're in
3: Inglewood, right? Uh, uh, yes, so yes, we're probably. I am pretty... We're not, we're not far. Close. We're yeah. not far. Yeah.
2: yeah, there you go. Uh, we got a lot to talk about because uh, there has been some coaching movement since the last time <clears to throat> And by all. the way... Yes, we're <clears throat> have to get your thoughts on that because... Uh, look
3: at this. Look at Eddie. I got my Cowboys back on. Not, uh, I'm
2: happy. We did not have a chance to talk to you. You oh, weren't here yeah. when the news uh, became official. So we're going to get your thoughts on that. Uh, we'll also look at the divisional playoff games this weekend uh, and what you're... You know, what you may think about doing... Uh, in terms of your DFS plays and uh, your your playoff challenge plays because uh, Fabs uh, some of ours went belly up this week
3: this is, I mean that's one thing that uh, I didn't get to talk to you guys about Monday yeah. I, while I I was dead on about the Titans, I was dead wrong about the Saints. What the
4: heck happened yeah, oh, there? I, I think
2: I think a lot of people were wrong about
4: this. My yeah. goodness gracious! Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, plus, yeah, there was a little bit of uh, I won't say shenanigans. There's some 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 things that went on uh, in the DFS community again, uh, again. So uh, we'll we'll kick that around a little bit too as well. I mean, there's to me, a humorous angle to the whole thing. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think a lot of people aren't thinking it's quite as funny. But anyway, before we dive into all of that, we'll go behind the glass and
1: talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, speaking of coaches, I thought it was uh, this close to getting. Uh, ah, yeah. Coach, that would have been some uh, some material for the pod. But instead, uh, the Giants going higher, pretty much an, un- an unknown. Um, very, very strange day for uh, any New York Giants fan. Um, a lot of ups and downs with the Matt Rule stuff that its own no. It's going to be Jason Garrett, and it's this unknown guy, and you're kind of like, uh, I don't know what to make of it. He's from a really good coaching tree with Saban, and Belichick, and uh, it is, it is. There's really, there is no off season in the NFL because there's constantly something going on that you have to focus on with your team. So
2: I know I, I always laugh when people ask me what I do in the offseason. Like, what do you mean? What is what is this off season you talk about? Yeah, you're,
1: you're not playing any games. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm researching this guy's life and saying, okay, so that's where he went to high school, and that's where he did. In okay, that's where he played. All right, oh, does he know how to coach quarterbacks? Or right. like you're just constantly researching. And doing stuff, so right. Uh, it was it was definitely an interesting day. It was a, it's a very uh, this is one of the more memorable coaching like hiring seasons I could uh, recall. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and officially, it's not even done yet. Yeah, the right. Br- the right. Browns have their pick of the litter here. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, let's get into it then. Let's do some news. <laughs> Through the news. Well, let's start actually by backing up, because as we mentioned on Monday, the Dallas Cowboys have hired Mike McCarthy as their head coach. Uh, our resident Cowboy fan, Fabs, was not here for that. So we all, uh, with bated breath, have been waiting to hear your thoughts.
3: On the new head man down there in Dallas, I'm exci- I mean, it, it was a safe decision. Let's put it that way, mm. because McCarthy, you know, had a ton of experience. Obviously, had a nice run there in Green Bay. You know, got to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl championship with Aaron Rodgers, and um, I, I like the move. I, I'm I I know I was like I was you know, Urban Meyer, you know, this kind of thing, and, the, and the, you know there were there was some I was like thinking mm, maybe John Harbaugh, you know, but the Cowboys decided to go with a experienced head coach who has had a lot of success in the national football league. I can't argue with that. And from a fantasy perspective, I mean, I like this move I mean, offensive minded coach. This should be really good for the development that the continued development of Dak Prescott as a quarterback, because again, McCarthy, uh, despite what may or may not have happened with his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, he ended up coaching a guy who was going to go to the hall of fame, you know, five years after he retires from this league. And, I, I also love the fact that Mike Nolan is going to be on the defensive side. I mm-hmm. actually sent him a message uh, over the weekend congratulating him. Uh, he had done some stuff for us here at NFL Network, and yep. he's a really good guy. And I feel like under his tutelage, you're going to see Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander sort of even you know, really even take their game to the next level. Um, we we hired Fossil as a special teams coach. I, there, there's just a lot to like. I'm excited about it. I really am because the Cowboys have a ton of talent and now McCarthy gets the gets the keys, you know, to this engine and uh, to this car, and 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 I really think I, that this engine is going to start running on all cylinders in 2020.
4: I'm interested to see where you know because there was a report that came out last night that they're going to keep Kellen Moore as the yes, quarterback. yes. And that that'll be interesting because obviously that leaves a little bit of continuity behind with Dak and all these receivers uh, that maybe Mike McCarthy can get up to speed of what they've been doing and kind of build off of that because Kellen Moore to start the year I thought he called some pretty good games until Jason Garrett decided to beat Jason Garrett. And took right. Over. And took over. It took over. Right. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. Again, and I and I had heard from a pretty reliable source that, that Jerry had told Jason, just don't meddle with Kellen Moore for the first few games and let him do his thing. And then I don't know what happened there, but eventually we all know it, it sort of went downhill. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'm happy with it. Um, you know, it, like – you know, Eddie is dealing with a guy who you know people don't know a whole heck of a lot about. Of course, you talk about the whole you know Bill Belichick tree and that kind of thing. So that always sort of you know gives gives fans hope uh, when when a Patriot coach is hired by a team, even though he's a he's really an unknown. But I know what I'm getting with Mike McCarthy. Uh, a few years back, I was in St. Louis uh, for uh, the Big League Impact Draft with Adam Wainwright, and I actually met McCarthy, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Jordy Nelson. And McCarthy was a really nice guy. Like talked about how his kids play fantasy football and um, all this kind of stuff. He, he was I yeah, so really, said a really Jason nice Garrett guy. was a
2: really nice guy.
3: Uh, yeah, no, too. no, no. But, but no, <laughs> no, I get it, I get it. But uh, and Jason Garrett is a tremendous guy, and I, I wish him all the luck in the world. I just didn't want him to coach my team anymore. So uh,
2: yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I know that. Uh, I, I think the initial reaction it sounded like from. From fans and media down in Dallas, so that it was the safe hire. Uh, and I think everybody is cautiously optimistic going into that. And you did mention, uh, Graham, uh, it looks like Kellen Moore is going to stay. I know that you know, as of yesterday, he wasn't 100% on that. Right. He was thinking about maybe taking a job at the University of Washington, which gets him closer to, to where he grew up and that sort of thing. Um, but it looks like he is going to stay in Dallas, and we'll see. How he and Mike McCarthy sort of how they vibe and that, how they mesh. Well, that ba- that brain
4: trust and and if McCarthy truly has like uh, taken a, a step forward in terms of his like just wanting to be a better coach and actually you know dives deep in analytics, right. it Could be a pretty interesting offensive brain trust because you mentioned it. The talent on their offense is just
3: it's sick every man. single year. I mean,
4: I mean they were the the top passing offense in the NFL this year and and did not make the playoffs. That that cannot
2: happen. Yeah, uh, I mean that's just. It's mind-boggling uh, how that happens. Uh, staying in the division, though, as Eddie mentioned, uh, the big news for the New York football giants is that they have hired a new head coach, Patriots assistant Joe Judge, who was their special teams coordinator slash wide receiver coach. Uh, I know everybody has sort of sort of focused on the wide receiver coach portion of his duties because, well, the Patriots wide receivers weren't very good uh, this past year. But... I don't even know. I think and I think the big thing with Joe Judge is that no one really knows what to expect from him. Uh, you know, people look at what the Patriots special teams did and they were very good over the past four or five seasons. But in terms of everything else, he is so much of an unknown. They're going into this season or the Giants are going into the season with with talent. They, you know, Daniel Jones is obviously the future quarterback. Saquon Barkley is there. They've got some good pieces at wide receiver and tight end, especially once Evan Ingram gets healthy. But, I mean, Graham, we just – there's yeah. so much that's unknown here right The now.
4: only thing we know about Judge right now is that he's spent roughly the last 10 years under Saban and Bill Belichick. Uh, he spent uh, three seasons with Bama back from 2009 – uh with the with the crimson tine and you know since then he was you know with the with belichick and company for the last couple of years it's weird though because like you know this was completely outside of the box because most people are expecting mcdaniel's to get a job and he very well mm-hmm. could still get a job with the browns or, or or uh star Starneckia and and it ended up being joe judge um I, I really don't have a lot i mean because we just really don't have a lot of information mean but, i mean there's pretty much no analysis that we can give right now just because it's a completely unknown hire and. And, um, you know, I I, I don't – Dave Gettleman is a mystery to me. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Dave, Dave Gettleman is just – he's a mystery to me, man. Like, he, he is fighting for his job, obviously, and uh, he's definitely taking an outside-of-the-box approach here with Joe Judge.
2: Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. We talked on Monday, Graham, that you, you sort of had two – into the spectrum when you looked at at cleveland versus carolina right in, in cleveland you have pieces there but you've got an ownership situation that has been problematic in terms of trying to win football games in carolina you have an owner who seems committed to trying to win to trying to to you know do this you know they want to bring in people who are deep into analytics and to have you know all these sort of forward-thinking folks so you have an ownership that has the deep pockets and seems to have sort of the the innovation to want to win, but the pieces are kind of meh. I feel like the Giants are sort of in between there, yeah. right? You've got some pieces, you've got decent ownership. There's just you know, I guess we just it, wait and see. And
4: Gettleman, for for better or worse, this past year is pretty clear. He didn't know what he wanted to do. Whether he wanted to tank, whether he wanted to try and play to win. It seems like he, he did a bit of both. You know, the Golden Tate signing was a little bit bizarre to me. You know, right. paying Odo, Beckham, go, then paying Tate all of this money. Now, they have a bunch of weapons. I mean, we talked about it at the end of the year. I mean, the Giants are loaded with weapons. And if Daniel Jones can take a step forward and not fumble so much and maybe make a few better decisions, he's gonna be a big they're going to be looking really season. good. It's just mm-hmm. I, who is going to run this offense now? Because Judge, I mean, theoretically is, is, I guess, the CEO type now. and right. I mean, he's a receivers coach. Uh, with, with no offensive coordinator background at all. Yeah, that. So I, I guess we're gonna wait and see because he's yeah. going to to select his own I, did, coaches. I think it was clarified though that the Garrett news was they are thinking about him as, as OC. OC, yeah.
2: Oh, is that what? See, I, now I thought yeah. they were thinking about him as head coach, and then they sort of pulled that back once yeah. they
1: hired Joe Judge. I don't, so he's yeah. Marcus is right. It was the, he. They requested to uh, interview him Sunday night. And uh mon- by Monday mm-hmm. they kind of knew they were going to hire a Judge. So the OC stuff was actually wrong. It was that they're trying to hire him. They Wh- they wanted an interview for him. That, with See, that's the, that's what originally made sense, right? To me. Yeah. With
3: the stink around Garrett, though, I mean, do you really think he's going to get a head coaching job
1: immediately? No, no. I th- no. He definitely would need an OC job. To take. I would
3: think coach. so. And if you remember too, when the Cowboys hired him to be the the OC, like he was, he ended up being the hot name. He almost ended up being the Ravens head coach. Yeah. And so I feel like Garrett almost needs to get back into that OC role to sort of maybe build himself back up around NFL Garrett needs uh, to get franchises. back into
4: the OC role just so he can prove he can do more than clap. Than clap.
3: Yes. Like, yes.
2: There's Correct. no Correct. way that the New York Giants fan base would have accepted yeah.
1: Jason Garrett as the head coach.
4: Or even offensive Or even the OC. Yeah. OC
1: would be tough. But yeah. then again, anything probably is better than Mike Shula as... Uh, quarterbacks coach and an offensive coordinator but the Garrett head coach would have been a tough sell
2: yeah, yeah. so yeah we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens over the Giants OC uh the team has said judge will pick his staff so we wait to see how that works out the Carolina Panthers have a new head coach Matt Rule coming up from Baylor that dude He's got paid there. bro oh man he got paid I mean what seven years 62 million dollars a lot of scratch for a guy who's coming and into that's, the NFL. That's and on that's top of his first. buyout. I mean, yeah, exactly. His buyout at Baylor, which, I, you know, I don't know if I've seen the number, but it has to it be It was six or heavy. seven. I think it was six or seven million, too. Yeah. So uh, so Panthers all
4: in or pot commit? I mean, they are in on 78-plus. Yeah, dude. Man, nice work yep. if you can get it. 78-80 plus million. Yeah. Man. Uh,
2: so Matt, Matt Rule takes over as the head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Now his calling card has been defense. Right. So, yeah, I don't know what this means for the Panthers offensively, Fabs. I mean, they still have questions about what happens with Cam Newton, who their quarterback is that's going Ma- to be. That's
3: Matt Rule's biggest decision. Right. He's got to come in and figure out who the hell his, his, his quarterback's going to be.
2: We know they've got Christian McCaffrey,
3: you know, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel are going to be there. That's kind of it. Like, everything else is kind of a question I know. Right now. And, I mean, you know, Kyle Allen showed some flashes, but – and Will Greer looked terrible. I mean, like I, I don't know if Will is going to ever get an opportunity to be a starter in the NFL. I know he, it was a very, very small sample size, but he did not look good. But, you know, Carolina... Brought this guy in because he's turned programs around, right? I mean, Temple—they uh, went ten and two during the regular season in, in Rule's third year. Uh, Baylor, obviously, turned that franchise, uh, turned that program around too. So, and he's, I guess, big into like player development and sports science. That's that's sort of uh, part of his reputation and what what the Panthers are going to get with him. So, we'll see. But yeah, we have to we have to see what they do on the offensive side of things because there's a lot of question marks clearly. But They do have talent in place. I mean, they've got the best running back in fantasy football. They've got one of the best young wide receivers in fantasy football. Curtis Samuel is very good as well. And Ian Thomas is an up-and-coming tight end, assuming that Greg Olson is going to be out. They need to work on the offensive line. But uh, there's pieces in place. But, you know, as you mentioned, I mean – what is their quarterback situation going to
4: be? The Panthers are in this for the long haul, man. Like, you never see you never see coaching contracts over four or five-plus years. No, right? that's a that's when,
3: lot of money, dude. This
4: is It's a lot of money, and it's a long time. And, it, you know, it kind of makes sense, though. Rule has a background of he's coached, like, almost every position. If you go back and look at his coaching history, I mean, not only has he been, like, an offensive coordinator before he was a head coach, he coached, like, D-line and stuff. So he's been all over the place. And I guess, you know, Dave Tepper, their new owner in, in Carolina, was, is looking for sort of someone... That, you know like I, I guess fresh new blood would be a good way to describe it obviously but he's still looking for a CEO type you know right. somebody that can come in and and understand all facets of the game and, and rule is certainly that um, now I I will be the Panthers assistant in in offensive coordinating staff that is that is what I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to most to see what they do there because there is a lot of upside as you mentioned with those with DJ Moore Christian McCaffrey and especially Curtis Samuel too I think he's kind of been the forgotten man there a little bit uh, as the, as a Equally talented receiver to DJ
2: Moore. Yep. You mentioned the length of the the Matt Rule contract, and it, it is it is still sort of unusual to see a, a coaching co- uh, contract that long. But I wonder. Look, Matt Rule's got seven years. I mean, it, we made a big deal out of John Gruden getting ten years. I, I don't. I'm not going to say that this is the wave of the future, but I do wonder if you are an owner with some patience. Whether or not you're gonna see more of this because suddenly if you're a head coach with this sort of, of stability and job security, right, you can make well some decisions that you can let them play out a little bit. I also wonder if the
4: Panthers and Dave Tepper felt like they needed to be very aggressive with Rule because Rule was he was linked up with the Giants all right. the last month. They didn't want him to get on the plane. i, is I that wonder, a tear and I yeah,
3: coming from your eye. Did you, mad dog Russo destroyed Gettleman about not getting rule
1: it's a bad look I want a rule but you yeah. know it is what it is
4: I mean I think that that's maybe the other facet of playing at hand here is that the, you know the Panthers just felt like they needed to buy rule and they
2: did they did essentially they got did. their man essentially did so but I think now if you are Matt rule and you know you've got a seven-year contract you can sort of you can break this thing down in Carolina and try to rebuild it because you know that you're not going to get pushed right. out in two or three years. I mean, it's similar to what we've seen in in Oakland, now Las Vegas, with John Gruden, that you can you can trade away a guy like Khalil Mack and you can trade away in Amari Cooper because you got 10 years, you got 10 yeah. years to figure this thing out. And you know, I know that not all owners are that patient, but you know, you wonder. Uh, let's move from from the head coaching to the assistant coaches there that are, are you know moving, maybe staying in place. We mentioned Kellen Moore is going to stay as the offensive coordinator there in Dallas. Uh, in Washington, Scott Turner looks like he's going to be the guy who's the OC there uh, for uh, Ron Rivera. Shane Steichen is expected to come back as the Chargers offensive coordinator. I like that. I like that a lot too, because we saw when Steichen took over, that offense kinda got going a little bit more. Now Phillip Rivers sorta had his his stumbles down the down the stretch. Mm-hmm. That's putting it nicely.
3: But okay. that but that ground attack with with Gordon and Eckler, I mean That's so it, it, much better. It, and boy, I mean if if Eckler is the featured back in that offense next season, like is he a top eight pick? Mm. I mean, he's easily first round, Easy, made, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a first rounder. Right. Yeah. Easily yeah. First I'm, round. I mean, Chargers that's ha- going to be very interesting. Char- yeah. Chargers have a very
4: interesting offseason ahead of them between who they're going to pay out of Gordon and Eckler. Yep. I think it'll be Eckler. And, uh, yeah. And what they're going to do with Phil Rivers.
3: Yep. Uh, and, and back to uh, Scott Turner. You know, of course, you know, I'm very familiar with North Turner because he was a Cowboys offense <laughs> coordinator for years. I mean, and he's always been a guy that in fantasy you've kind of liked. Right. As as a coordinator or a head coach, because typically he's going to get the most out of his running backs. He's going to get the most out of his tight ends. So and Rivera brought Turner in because, well, familiarity, because, right. uh, of course, he was the guy he was Carolina. the quarterbacks coach for Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he's 37 years old, a young guy. Uh, and I, I like this hire for, for Darius Geis. And if Darius can stay healthy, I really feel like depending on what happens with Adrian Peterson, which I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not. You know, he's, he's uh long in the tooth is sort of, <laughs> I mean, still balling though. He is, he is, but it's incredible. If Darius could ever stay healthy, man, uh, w- with Turner calling the shots, if he's going to be sort of a mirror of what his dad has done over the years, you can look back at, at North Turner's history and he's coached some hell. He's, great running backs during I, his time i thought
2: scott turner did a really good job with that panthers offense he was he was hamstrung with his quarterback situation yep, you know yep. losing cam newton having to kind of you know kind of push kyle allen through and then at the end of the year, as you mentioned with will greer i mean that that took a lot of wind they, out of his sales but i thought he did a good job otherwise i agree and they kind of had to they kind of had to
4: manufacture this past season on the fly because obviously they were expecting cam to be back and 100 off his shoulder injury from 2018 and you know just got unlucky in the preseason with the foot injury so they kind of had to like put this thing together and Kyle Allen for better or worse I mean he definitely you know I think as the sample size grew larger we learned that Kyle Allen is probably not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL but they he had some big games and they schemed him to success in some ga- uh, some games this year.
2: Yeah. yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, well, we got what I think a lot of people expected. Tua Tagovailoa has declared for the 2020 NFL draft. He is leaving the University of Alabama. He had his season unfortunately cut short because of a hip injury, but Right now, he is a top three, top five prospect in the draft. I know that you know in terms of maybe uh, uh, redraft leagues and that sort of thing, his value may be sort of limited because we don't know what his history, his injury situation is going to be next year. But, Fabs, I would think that uh, Dynasty Leagues, Keeper Leagues, two is going to have
3: quite a bit of value this year. Here's a question for you. Do the Redskins, who have the number two overall pick in the draft, decide – this guy's too good for us to pass up. And they end up taking him even though they took Haskins last season. Did sort of it? sort of like what the Cardinals did yes. with Josh Rosen yeah, versus correct. Kyler Murray. The, yes, yes. The, 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 um, that, that's interesting.
4: Both the Redskins and the Lions are in very interesting positions to be able to like basically set their price and make Miami move up. Because mm-hmm. if you if they're in on Haskins at number two, uh, they would theoretically want to maybe move down and get a, you know, king's ransom for that pick. So yes. someone can move up and get to it's pretty it's pretty clear. You know, I think as the dust is settled with with to hip injury, it's pretty clear. And he's probably still gonna be a top 10 top 15 pick. Oh, I I think would think I, so. We would I would be shocked if he fell out of the top 15 Poor maybe.
3: Josh Rosen.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that dream is, mean, <laughs> that dream is in some in some ways, poor Josh Rosen, but in other ways, he hasn't done anything. Nah, no, I get it I get, it. I get it. I and look, it. I say this is a guy who look.
3: I waved the flag. Same here, Josh Rosen. Yeah. You know what's going to happen next season? Brian Fitzpatrick can I mean, be back with the Dolphins. Of course, start, yeah, he will yeah. To open the will. It would make so much. going to be awesome. It would
4: make so much sense to have Fitzpatrick and Tua because then you could just wait. You know, when if you exactly fits. I know, right? You wait until two is hundred percent. You mentioned though. I mean, with Rosen. If, if Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in and makes the offense look that good, make Devontae Parker look that good. <laughs> yeah. Josh Rose is never getting off the bench. It's, yeah, it's, it's not going to
3: happen. Although that, up. that like when up. I when I do my you know way too early rankings for 2020, Devontae Parker is going to be really hard to rank because he's awesome. I don't know who's going to throw him the football next year. Yeah,
2: season.
4: he's he's. I hope be. it's Fitzpatrick. And they the Dolphins are definitely in the market to to get some receiver help too because they their yeah. depth is is pretty uh yep. Which, pretty minuscule
2: and. It is a good wide receiver draft class, too. Mm. I mean, I know we'll, we'll get into very it very good year to need a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. This is we'll get into it, obviously, as the, the weeks and months go along. But this is a very good wide receiver draft class. So there we go. Uh, last bit of news here. Tom Brady reportedly played through a foot injury late in the season. This is to go along with the elbow injury that a lot of people knew about that had sort of been nagging him most of the year. He did put out a, a statement, I believe, on Instagram.
3: Yeah, a very lengthy one. very
2: too. long one. I admittedly haven't read through the whole thing, but the gist of it is... He's not done. He thinks he has more to offer. He thinks he can be better next year. He wants to keep playing, whether that is in New England or somewhere else. Uh, Graham and I talked about on Monday what it might look like if he's not in New England, where he could go to really, be productive. It'll look
3: really weird. It'll be like Emmett Smith wearing a Cardinals jersey. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I, I was uh, I
2: was having a, a Twitter chat with uh, our pal Rumford Johnny, uh, and uh, who is a you know, smart guy, good fantasy guy, big Patriots fan as well. And one of the things I did come up with was – If he were to leave, and I'm not saying this just because I'm a 49er fan, but seeing him in a Niner uniform would be less jarring than seeing him, say, like in a Charger uniform. Like Tom Brady in a Charger uniform would look just. Weird. Yeah. Maybe it's because the Patriots wear red occasionally that seeing him in a red jersey wouldn't be quite as bad. I don't know what it did, is.
3: Did, it just, did that help the transition of Joe Montana from San Francisco to KC because it's two shades of red for you? No, what helped the transition of Joe Montana Steve to KC Steve
4: Young? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what helped that. I think you're just trying to reprise the uh, the most handsome
2: quarterbacking room in the I mean, bell. right? Between Brady and, and Jimmy <laughs> G again? It would be amazing.
3: Um But I mean, like then where do the where do the Patriots go at quarterback?
2: That's the
4: big question. Jarrett Stidham?
3: I don't know. I don't think so. I mean that that's I mean, do that, they, that that's a that's a, a long way to fall from the greatest yeah. quarterback in the history of the national football league. They're not
2: the Patriots aren't known for trading up in draft. They tend to trade down, they tend to stockpile picks, but do they try to make a move and see if like I mean, is, is it is it possible for them to move up enough to get a Justin Herbert potentially? Uh do they pray that somebody like two I mean, two is not gonna fall He's far not gonna enough. Fall that far. Uh, you know what? Because they've got to make a decision, and I don't know yeah. that there's anybody in that building that can be the next guy for
3: them right now. Just it's not very. Uh, it'll look really weird for him to be in any other jersey. Oh, absolutely. And, and I listen. You know, ultimately, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe it would have been you know great for him to like go out on top. They beat the Rams. They win the Super Bowl. John Elway-esque. You know, Randy Cross-esque I always say that because he's a he's a good dude. Um, going out on top. But now, like, I feel like, you know, after this year and, you know, people are talking about, well, you know, Brady used to make his wide receivers great. And this year, everyone complained that his wide receivers weren't any good. And maybe because he's 42 years old and he's, and he's lost a step that th- this is, you know, this is sort of the start of, you know, his his statistical downfall. He's never going to lose the legacy because he's, he's, he's the GOAT. But I, I just really would hate to see him go somewhere else and be an average NFL quarterback. I don't know. So
2: I, the That's one, just me, though. The one thing I think about is, and I wasn't alive for this, but like people older than me always refer to Willie Mays playing with the Mets. And they always talk about Willie Mays, who had been so great for so long with the Giants, playing for the Mets, and like falling down in center field. And it just for people who had watched him for so many years, just kind of cringing at that sight. And I think yeah. that's what people are... We've seen it
4: so many times beyond Willie Mays, too. I mean, our right. sports stars that have just these illustrious songs and, yeah, yeah. I mean, just hang around too long. With Brady, though, I, I mean, I think it's just pure competitive fire that he oh, absolutely. Yeah. just doesn't want to give it up even though he has no i mean theoretically he has no nothing more to play for no, no more nothing to prove could, nothing at all yeah
3: the Chargers are one of the teams that keeps popping up as like a rumored destination yeah. there for uh, we
4: talked about that on time. monday too and to me that doesn't make much sense because it, it would be hustling you go backwards. from
3: one right. old quarterback older,
2: other, older quarterback so older yeah. quarterback
3: it doesn't make sense yeah but so now though if you know what though yes Chargers are trying to get butts in the seats bro
2: yeah but, but i also brought that up too though what what will Put butts in the seats consistently is winning games. Yes. The like, Tom Brady, you know, the shiny new Tom Brady toy, that, that wears off in a town. There are lots of superstars in Los Angeles, right? So like you yep. don't have to pay yep. to come out and watch one. Like you go to the Grove and see somebody walk by. I, <laughs> I saw a freaking Walton Goggins from the Righteous Gemstones walking down Abbott Kinney last week. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. When I was at the Grove last, uh Lady Lady Gaga was there.
4: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Is
3: that right? Yeah. Now, did she have 700 people around her protecting yes. her? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I just, that, that seems strange to me that Lady Gaga's walking around the Grove. At the mall, right? Was, like was, she like, was at like a, st- a store, like a pop-up stop. That's got uh, to be the biggest one. Christmas, like but... My biggest celebrity sighting in Los Angeles was years and years ago. was Arnold Schwarzenegger at a Pinkberry in Brentwood. Well, yeah, I think I saw... A never... of... And I saw Sylvester Stallone at a restaurant in Beverly Hills. And the one thing I remember about him the most was that he's all upper body and he's got like these... Skinny stick legs. Sure. Terminators
2: just like us. Yeah, he likes frozen yogurt. He right. does. Yeah. yeah. I no, so. I saw I saw Jimmy Smith in an In-N-Out once too.
3: I'm like, Jimmy Smith likes double doubles. Nice like man. NYPD Blue. One of my favorite shows of all time. There you go. Bobby Simone.
2: Uh, real quick though about Tom Brady. If he really has been dealing with these injuries, right? If he gets healthy, his foot's okay, his elbows okay. Do we feel differently about him, or does it really matter where he's playing and who he's? It'll playing be. With? De- yeah. It's depending on who he's going to throw the ball to, because
4: I do think a lot of the Patriots poor just absolutely terrible offense over the last especially the last like two to three months of the season they had nobody to stress the field right you know they just didn't have anybody i mean philip dorsett had some nice games to start the year and then that disappeared fell apart. Yeah. and josh gordon you know, fell apart and they tried to make ab work and that fell apart um Nikhil Harry was up and down all
3: day. I year. wonder where they would have ended up if they kept Antonio Brown. I mean, maybe he would have been suspended and unable to play regardless, but <laughs> and, I really wonder.
4: And by the way, I mean, I think, if anything, this just also cements Rob Gronkowski's legacy because look at what that offense looked like with all year long. Yeah, Even dude. without which, Gronkowski yeah. at like 70%, which he was in 2018, his final year, uh, the offense was just clearly well, not the same. Maybe
3: the greatest tight end props uh, to, uh, uh, to ever
2: play. Also, props to uh, Dave Damaschek, who always does his Jenga piece uh, theory, and he always said that... Gronk was the Jenga piece there in, in, uh, in New England. You yeah, pull him out of there, the whole smart. thing falls apart. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, okay, that was a pretty long news section, but uh, that's pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs>
0: that was the
2: news. All right, let's run through the divisional playoffs because, well, we're not going to have another podcast before those games yeah. come off uh, on Saturday. So let's start. Vikings at 49ers. The Vikings, a surprise team here in the divisional playoff Big round. Big surprise, pretty much, pretty much everybody outside of the land of 10,000 lakes thought it was going to be the Saints moving on, uh, and they would have played the Packers, and it would have been the Seahawks. How happy are you, though? Yeah. Uh, you know, was he glowing on Monday? You know what? Was he glowing? I, I will say that the I mean, the team I feel that, like you were glowing. The team that worried me the most was probably the Saints, yeah. of course. Um,
3: and now you got the six seed on your home turf. Yeah, but now I'm like, the Vikings are hot.
2: <laughs> so, so now there's are there's they really? That though?
3: they beat, They won one game.
2: Man, they went into the Dota dome to do oh, it. No, I get it. Yeah. But is-
3: the, the Saints, like that, that's going to go down in history as like one of the most cursed postseason runs and who knows maybe they're going to make another one next season you know Breeze is what 41 They'll have one more shot probably I mean you know with with the whole issue and that call that that should have been made but wasn't on the PI last season I mean the Saints have had some really I mean they won the Super Bowl with Breeze but I mean overall they've had some they've had some bad luck in yep. playoffs man
2: uh, so they are done the Vikings move on Dalvin Cook Had another solid game, uh, outstanding game against the Saints. Can he do that on the Niner defense? Are we... Do, do we have a level of confidence that's, about that with Cook against this? I mean, they're, obviously going to be the Vikings game
3: plan. It's going to have to be. Yeah. But I mean, the Niners gave up the fourth fewest fantasy points to visiting running backs. They were really tough on that position at home. They were giving up right around 16 fantasy points per game in that position uh, on their home turf. So we did. It's going to be a tough call.
4: We did see the 49ers run defense start to kind of show some cracks uh, at the end of the year. But they're getting healthy yeah. as yep. this uh, as this postseason wears along. They're they're you know they basically get. Uh, two weeks off here, and they're getting some key pieces back from injury. And uh, you know, I, I know you're you're trying you're trying not to be super optimistic about your night, Marcus. <laughs> but dude, if I, I mean this I is mean, such a better match,
2: ba- such a better spot. It's
3: uh, you're lined up like you're lined up for a rematch against Baltimore.
2: Yeah, you really are. Which I I don't want to look that far ahead
3: just yet. I but, know, but I, and I gotta tell you, you guys can go ahead. The me. Packers <laughs> don't scare me if i'm a niners fan especially after you guys boat race them the yep. earlier this year seattle i mean they, they the eagles the eagles lost carson wentz and then that was basically the end of them uh the- you guys man. are in a great, great spot. I'm not trying to, because I hope, I hope for you that they win it all. <laughs> but you, they're in a really good spot.
4: They man. are, and if they get D Ford and, and Kwan Alexander back this week, like which they are expected looks, to, it, it looks like they're going to get both of those guys back, and even maybe Jaworski Tart. That's going to allow them a little more flexibility out wide. Yeah, that's that's uh, humongous. 49ers well, are
3: four and one in the postseason against the Vikings, including uh, wins over the Vikings in route to Super Bowl victories, uh, two Super Bowl victories. So I mean, you're I, I remember those. Uh, th- you remember like those those games where the Vikings had the old white jerseys with the with the purple and yellow on this on the shoulder yeah. pads. I also and- feel
2: like the one they lost, if I'm not mistaken, was the game where Anthony Carter just went berserk. Against Anthony them. Carter. Um, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned the Jakowski tart back, which does add something to that secondary. Is Adam Thielen back? He finally had a yeah. big game. We had been waiting for this since he came back from injury. Finally saw that from him this past weekend. Does this mean he's for real back, or was this just sort of a one game thing for him?
4: He's back. He's got to be back because he had so much time off between, uh, you know, re injuring the hand. He got hurt in week seven, then re injured it uh, in week nine, ended up basically not playing essentially for the rest of the season. Uh, got a few targets in the final two games of the year, but clearly was not his uh, his his full self. And then he got week 17 off. So he with Thiel- all that time off uh, and, you know, we know how hamstring injuries can nag. Uh, Thielen is pretty clearly back. And that's that is huge for this Vikings team. I know we didn't see much of Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. uh, in the in the wild card round. But, you know, having a fully healthy Thielen and Diggs is, is pretty huge for them, especially if the 49ers are going to get healthy themselves on defense.
2: Uh, by the way, uh, Anthony Carter, 1987 against the 49ers, 10 catches for 227 Ooh, yards, wow. uh, and the uh, Vikings won 36-24, so yeah, that was uh, that's what I remember. Uh, on the <laughs> flip side, for the 49ers, how much do we trust Raheem Mostert? I mean, he's been very good, he sort of has taken over that job, but that Viking run defense is very good. I mean if you are playing a DFS lineup do you do you dare throw Raheem Mostert in there anywhere? I just think this week there's probably better running backs that you can trust more, you know. You
4: know Dalvin Cook's going to be out there nearly every snap Aaron Jones is going to have a big game. Uh, we'll see about Marking or we'll talk about here in a minute, but right. like, Mostert has definitely been good and taken over as the 49ers lead back, but like, you know, this is Kyle Shanahan It's the playoffs. He's not going to he's not going to leave any of his of his great plays in in the bag here. He's going to use all three of his guys between Bredin and Coleman as well and uh I I think Mostert will be fine. He'll he'll get his 15 touches, but I think there's probably better and more valuable running backs on this slate. I mean,
3: if you're playing playoff challenge, I would think Mostert is going to be the guy that you're going to want to put in there because many of us have Alvin (laughs) Kamara in there. And now Mark Ingram, like I started him, and I mean, he's still dealing with this calf injury. I don't know what's going on with him. If you lose him, that stinks uh, in playoff challenge because – you would have gotten the double points this week, but if you don't play, you ain't not get anything. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I, I did go with Mostert in uh, in my playoff challenge lineup because I did lose Alvin Kamara there. Uh, so, looking at the Niners wide receiver, we know George Kittle is going to be George Kittle. He'll get his target. He will make his plays. But if you are looking at the Niners wide receivers, uh, Emmanuel Sanders or Debo Samuel, pick one. Which one do you feel better about? <sighs>
4: <laughs> I think I think I'd go Debo just for the yak yeah, ability, but they're both bo- also they're both in great spots. I mean, I know Xavier Rhodes played pretty well last week, uh, but the Vikings have been flammable on the boundary all year long, and and uh, Kyle Shannon will get his guys in the right spots here.
2: Yeah, it's I agree. Debo Samuel has been like I don't I don't really know who to compare him to necessarily in the past. He's he's not a tall guy. I mean, he's no. you know, not even six feet tall, but he's strong. It's like he's like an oversized running back playing receiver. That's good. That's yeah. fair. I don't. You know, I was gonna say maybe like a, an undersized Anquan Bolden. Ooh, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know? Bolden was amazing after the catch. Absolutely, in prime. Absolutely. So that's that's all I can think about when I when I watch Debo Samuel play there. Uh, all right, so there you go. Niners. That's Vikings at Niners. That game Saturday, the early game, four thirty-five Eastern. The later game on Saturday is Titans at Ravens at an eight fifteen scheduled kickoff. There, the Titans, uh, not. To a lot of people's surprise, ended up going into Foxborough and winning, beating the Patriots there. So I, I don't know how many people came away shocked from that. I feel like they were sort of the popular upset special pick of the week. Ryan Tannehill was he was fine. He yeah. wasn't great in that game this week against the Ravens. Will we have hashtag Tana thrill or hashtag Tana fail?
3: <laughs> this this sort of seems like it's going to be just like a low scoring smash mouth because these teams are very similar. Right. Mm-hmm. What do they both want to do? Run the football. Right. The basis of both of these offenses are having success on the ground. And if the Titans can get Derrick Henry going, I, I feel like the Ravens probably didn't want to see the Titans. This is a team that is playing well. Uh, they just came off of beating the Patriots. I know they lost to the Saints in the regular season, but they gave them everything they possibly could. This is going to be a fun game to watch if you like defense and old school grinding it out. You know, Henry getting twenty-five carries in this game. I don't know who the running back's going to be for the Ravens at this point because Mark Ingram, as we mentioned, is still dealing with that injury. This is going to be a fun, fun game to watch, and I think Ryan Tannehill is not going to be asked to do too much in this game right. because of what their philosophy is going to end up being.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's sort of what happened last week. They didn't ask him to do a lot. He didn't. He didn't have to do a lot. Right, Derrick Henry pretty much literally carried this team to victory and it may be the same thing again this week so which leads me to my next question derrick henry versus the ravens defense who you got oh uh, it's tough to bet against derrick henry I, I do. like
4: I, yeah, Ra- ravens yeah, run defense is you know they'll tighten up they're at home uh obviously have a lot of talent up front there to, to stop the run but derrick henry has just been a man possessed um fully healthy uh, obviously off that hamstring injury he's
3: just gone ballistic in his last two games that we've seen him um he's had a lot of postseason success yeah right? even though it's a short sample size yeah. he's done really well in the postseason and I, if he keeps riding like this look, he's gonna be a top five pick the, next season
4: all i know is the titans are gonna have to throw way more than 15 times in this game no uh, absolutely but you know I what mean, though if i'm a titans fan i
3: have confidence in Hill because he looked great down the street i do
4: too and my but my god i mean the patriots offense just could not muster anything so and the titans just played that super conservatively on offense they're gonna have to they're gonna have to open it up big time in this game because lamar is going to be able to expose some of the deficiencies the Titans have in their secondary. Because, you know, I know it was the Patriots last week, their defense looked good. uh, But, you know, previously the Titans, basically since the middle of the season, have been an average to slightly below
2: average pass defense. On the other side, Mark Ingram, and you mentioned that Fabs, is dealing with this calf injury. In fact, the, the... Greg Roman is speaking right now. I can tell because my Twitter feed keeps popping up with quotes from him. Uh, They are saying that Mark Ingram is day to day. He's got that calf injury. He didn't practice on Tuesday. Now, last week, he apparently was able to practice. Seemed like he was on track to play. uh, And then this week, something kind of tightened up on him. And now they're sort of holding him back as a precautionary measure. I mean, do do we have any confidence in this recovery that he's going to be able to play? And if not... Gus Edwards, Justice
3: Hill? Which one of these guys intrigues you? Yeah, Gus the bus. He got a lot of carries uh, the last time the Ravens were out there on the field. I I really think he is... They're going to use both because, you know, Gus Edwards gives you nothing as a pass catcher, so they're going to utilize Justice Hill as well. But, I mean, again, in playoff challenge, if you started Ingram like I did, you're hoping he plays, but this kind of stinks. It makes it tough. And this also, it doesn't give the Titans a massive advantage, but you know the ravens losing a guy who scored double digit touchdowns and, and is a big time part of that offense if he can't play or if he's at less than 100% well, the, the the titans are uh, have have a, have a have a nice advantage there in that backfield yeah. matchup
4: gus edwards is a massive value too in dfs this week mm-hmm. if if ingram is out uh, they'll get justice hill involved for sure yeah. as a change of pace guy but edwards every single time we've seen him even dating back to when it was originally just him and lamar in 2018 when lamar was a rookie like he's He's a very good downhill runner. He can mm-hmm. certainly grind out some big time yards.
2: Any non Mark Andrews Ravens pass catchers that you believe in? Any 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 that you would maybe just I mean, just, you know, take a YOLO play on sort of. Thing. Marquise Brown is cheap. He's cheap. <laughs> and he ha- I mean, he
4: has right, he's only going to see 4 or 5 targets maybe. You just hope one of them ends in the end zone. Exactly, but you hope one of them is like <laughs> 70 yards downfield and he's he uh, splashes on it. Yeah. I mean, Marquise Brown is always uh, always a fun, like kind of, uh, you know, just dart throw type play yeah. for DFS. But other than that, like if they spread it around, they'll get the ball to Will Snead, especially if Marking uh, Mark Ingram's out too. They'll probably mm. uh, rely on Mark Andrews a little bit more too as a yeah. pass catcher.
3: Yeah, I mean Tennessee, you know, they gave up nearly nine catches to, to perimeter receivers. Uh, it's a near the near the top uh, of the National Football League in terms of the most. So, yeah. I He's, he's one of those dart throws, man. He's certainly one of the dart throws, and, and I don't know that they're going to change the offense uh, drastically or or at all if Mark Ingram can't play, but you know that, that could well, open up some more opportunities for Hollywood.
4: The Titans not having a Dory Jackson, too, is, is potentially huge. He's their speed corner, and uh, that's one of their guys um, uh, that could keep up with Marquise Brown. He could return um, this week. He played for the Patriots but didn't practice on Tuesday. He's still really banged up.
2: Yeah, I would say uh, yeah, Mark Andrews is also limited in practice, uh, although it looks like he's going to play, so we'll see. Moving on to the Sunday games, we'll start with the Texans and Chiefs. That is the early one, 3.05 Eastern time. All right, pick one, Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson. Last week we did this, Fabs, and I, think, I don't think we picked wrong, but early on there was a whole lot of Duke Johnson, which sort of surprised me. By the end, Carlos Hyde sort of, I, I won't say took over, but he ended up being the top running back. But uh, so let's do this again: Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson? Where we, where where would we go for this one? Do we have to?
3: I mean, the Chiefs' run defense hasn't been good <laughs> this know. year. Yeah, down the stretch it wasn't as bad. I mean, and, and Hyde, you know, sixteen carries for forty eight yards. That ain't all that great. You know, he had the five, He had a five yard touchdown catch. That was it. So you know, if I'm if I'm leaning on Carlos' Hyde to you know catch passes. Uh, I don't I'm not a fan of either. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not if I guess I, if I had to pick one because I know the touches are going to be there it'll be Carlos Hyde. But yeah, Kansas City's defense played really really good down the stretch.
4: Yeah. Chiefs run defense is really really good, uh, but Hyde has been like one of the most game script dependent running backs in the NFL and, te- mm. and te- when the Texans lose, I mean t- Carlos Hyde is basically unusable for fantasy and for better or worse, I mean Duke Johnson I mean, he only gets a couple carries in the game, but he's you know, he's involved as a pass catcher there for yeah, sure. And if the Texans a, get down, it'll be DJ.
3: If you're a Bears fan, can you possibly watch this game?
4: <laughs> Do you know where
3: I'm going with this?
4: I mean, just because you're sweating uh, you're sweating
3: those Trubisky bullets. Patrick uh, Mahomes yeah. and Deshaun against Deshaun Watson, both of whom could have been wearing Chicago Bears uniforms if the Bears were smart.
2: Uh, if they didn't get hornswoggled into trading up for a guy that the 49ers had no intention of taking. Yeah, John Lynch,
4: John Lynch absolutely stole Ryan Pace's lunch money.
3: <laughs> Seriously, man. I'm saying, like, if I'm a Bears fan, I can't even watch that game. I, 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 every time Watson makes a play, oh, boy, what that was amazing. That guy is Houdini, what he did <laughs> against Buffalo last week, avoiding that sack. And, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes. You got to be sick. You got to be sick. Sick.
2: All right. So along that line, choose your fighter, Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes this week.
4: I love Mahomes, but I'm going with Watson here just because every single time we've seen the Texans get behind, Watson has to put the team on his shoulders. He Mm -hmm. just goes nuts for fantasy, not only just trying to push the ball down the field aggressively. They might get Will Fuller back this week, too, finally. I saw that Yeah, he Um, is
2: still dealing with a groin injury
4: up in the air at the moment. Will Fuller's natural state is day to day. So,
3: So, I mean, based on the numbers you're taking Watson, I would think, because he's he's about a thousand dollars cheaper on DraftKings. Well, day, yeah, he's, uh, than Mahomes. He's chi- he's cheaper, eight hundred bucks. And
4: if the Chiefs get ahead in this game and Watson has to chase in the second half, I mean that's just it's always bananas for
2: fantasy. And he is still well, he's definitely more likely than Patrick Mahomes to get you a rushing touchdown yeah, as well. Sure, yeah, so that, yeah, uh, that's, yep. that's definitely worth with bringing to play. Any Chiefs that you'd consider beyond the big three, right? Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, those guys are going to be in a lot of lineups. Anybody that you would even look at beyond?
4: Look, I, I know Damian Williams burned uh, a lot of people this year, myself included. Um, but he's in strong. Past two games, yeah. I mean, he was quietly reinserted as the Chiefs' top back in week 16. Saw 19 touches, followed that up with another 16 in week 17. Um, look, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, it. it Every time we've seen Damian Williams on the field, especially since he got healthy in middle of the season, around middle of the season, he's been really good. He's produced for fantasy. It's just mm-hmm. it's just the injuries that have been a big problem for him. And obviously the Chiefs have, have clearly you know, LaShawn McCoy's clearly fallen out of favor. There in that backfield, and they really don't have anything else. They don't trust Darwin Thompson, so I'm yeah. I'm expecting a big workload for Damian Williams here. Now he's fully healthy and he's got a, you know another week off. Another Houston gave
3: up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs they're during really the regular season. They gave up 4.6 yards per carry. You know, so yeah, he could end up being a pretty decent value uh, this week, no question about that. And if you think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, well, I mean, he's, he's a huge value. He's a nice challenge, playoff yeah. challenge option. Yeah, yeah,
2: there you go. Uh all right, last game of the weekend Seahawks at Packers that is Sunday night 6:40 Eastern time kickoff. Is DK Metcalf the wide receiver one in Seattle now?
3: I mean, it looks like it. Right? Although we did we did call that last week because Philadelphia has been awful against perimeter receivers off terrible yeah, i mean and and decaf de, de, decaf, decaf which i think they have a drink now for yes yeah, right? uh, they have a drink some for him company now. like in georgia or something yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so how the hell did he fall in the draft <laughs> because he
2: had a, he had a bad three cone drink i
3: it. mean who gives a rat's patootie i mean, I mean actually overall the, all the time the in combine, game, he was you have like to
2: run around three cones
4: how know?
3: did he fall that far
2: one of the
4: craziest spectacles I've ever seen in any sporting environment it was simply watching DK
2: Metcalf <laughs> run the 40 live. Where you you and I were I sitting there and it was weird because for those of you who know you know, I know most people don't get to go to the combine. They don't put on you know on the board what the time is. But now in this digital age with Twitter you know, people who are watching it on TV are posting the time and you could my just God. hear this murmur just go yeah. through the crowd like yeah. I oh had never goodness. seen anything like that before. <laughs> I
4: don't know if Metcalf's are number one because Tyler Lockett's just that damn good. Uh, but DK and Tyler together for the next couple years with Russell Wilson. I mean, could you imagine there's literally not a better pairing for Russell Wilson in terms of just like what we know what we know Russ loves to do, dropping the ball in the bucket, getting his guys in terms of timing and, and Metcalf has just proven to be such a great great asset for them and such a perfect fit for this offense
2: It's just it's dk Metcalf's season i think speaks to sometimes our over reliance on drills at the combine but also having a coaching staff that can understand your strengths and weaknesses exactly and allow you to look everybody talked about how bad his three cone drill was it's like okay well then we'll just we'll have you run routes that don't necessarily exactly. get <laughs> involved. And he landed in a
3: spot where a team had just lost, you know, their number one wide receiver in Doug Baldwin, who decided to, you know, walk off into the sunset there and retire. Yeah. And, and the opportunity, and, boom! And you was, just was, wait was
4: right there. You just wait until DK Metcalf can consistently run out routes because if he can start just just making one or two extra moves in terms of instead of just moving straight in a <laughs> moving very fast in a straight line going downfield or across the field. If he can develop and, you know, get an out route or something like that to kind of just throw off defenders a little bit more, he is going to be completely
2: unstoppable. He might already be completely unstoppable. I can't wait for the uh, the off-season narratives if he ends up going to, like, a couple of yoga classes to get loose. <laughs> I mean, that, that was, like, the big knock on him, right? Like, he needs to do Dude, some yoga, do some stretching. Oh, my God. It, like, it, I uh, can't wait to see, like, you know, instagrams of him at like a pilates or something like that you shocker
4: know, crazy shocker a dude who is what 229 230 and runs 4-3 flat nearly is good at football weird who would have thought weird. i mean
3: and and look at the wide receivers that went ahead of him you know like you're looking jj
4: ortega Whiteside went ahead of him yeah, yeah paris
3: campbell although you know the jury's still out annie isabella the jury is still out but imagine i mean if the patriots had t- taken him at the end of the first round instead of Nikhil harry although i i still think Nikhil harry yeah i'm still will, waiting sign but oh my goodness, that would
4: have been the Eagles have a big to, help for the Patriots. Eagles have to be kicking themselves on Metcalf because they desperately needed somebody to stretch the field yep. all year long, and they never got it.
2: Well, I think they were they were hoping they Deshaun to, Jackson. They
4: wanted to be Deshaun Jackson, but his injury situation was completely which handled. As yeah,
2: yeah. a, a side note, I mean, is this the last we've seen of Deshaun Jackson? Do you think he mm-hmm. maybe, he was maybe
4: he was working out in anticipation to come back? All right, uh, he'll probably give it one more shot.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, just just curious. Uh so we talked about the Seahawks wide receivers. Can either of you paint me a picture where you start Travis Homer in DFS this week? Mm.
4: I don't think so. They're, they're <laughs> going to get. They're going to try and get for better or worse. They're going to get I, mode involved too.
3: I, I think Lynch is is getting ready. You know, he, yeah. I think he's going to see more more of the workload though. So that would that would be. Cool. Although, and and two, I mean, Homer's actually more expensive than Lynch, I can't think Yeah, of.
4: And, and Pete Carroll on Monday, and I know everyone has been burnt by Pete Carroll saying things, <laughs> with us, us trusting him for fantasy. Uh, Pete Carroll said on Monday that, that Marshawn Lynch is going to play
2: more this
1: yeah,
4: week. Yeah, right, so, exactly. I, I do believe that for better or worse.
2: No, I I believe it as well. I mean, I think they they want to sort of get... Look, let's remember, this guy has taken over a year off from playing actual
3: tackle football. If nothing else, he's got fresh legs. Right,
2: right. And, like, he still looks good in short yardage situations. I mean, he had some of those classic beast mode runs where he's just churning his legs and and running people over. Um, You know, as he said himself, run through a... Bleeps face over and over. Like he, he did that over. a couple of times. <laughs> over, <laughs> right? And over and over and over again. That's one of his classic quotes there. All right. So Travis Hold Homer, on. probably not going to be in a whole lot of lineups this week. Aaron Rodgers. I, I think, I feel like we are over the muscle memory of just throwing Aaron Rodgers in lineups, right? Like I feel like it, it took most of the season, but we have sort of gotten that out of our systems now. Yeah. He's been. He's been just an average quarterback for much of the year. Does the muscle memory come back and we're like, hey, it's playoff Aaron Rodgers, or do we still look at what happened in the regular season and we're like, eh, maybe not so fast.
3: No, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm, I'm there, too. I mean, yeah. it's
4: it's it's taken a lot for Rodgers to have big games. I mean, he, he threw for 300 yards in week 17, but it took him 55 pass attempts to get there, and then he obviously nuked the Raiders and Giants this year. And then outside of that, it's really not been much, uh, yeah. f- production fantasy wise. They've they've really been a balanced offense with LaFleur there. And I, I expect that this week too. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams will both be heavily involved in their running game and Packers are going to be a balanced team this week.
3: Hard to trust Rodgers for me. It really is. And Seattle's actually been tougher against quarterbacks on the road than they were yeah. at home this season, too. Yeah, up, I would much uh, rather... Almost th- four fewer points on the road.
4: I would much rather just play Russ. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks on this slate that we like that we could like uh, yeah. between you know Watson, Mahomes, Jackson, of course, and, and
2: Russell Wilson, still cheap. I mean, there's, there's just better
4: plays on this mm-hmm. slate. Yep.
2: So then that leads me to the next question then. Beyond Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, I guess maybe Jamal Williams... Anybody else we want to get weird? yeah you we want to get real yeah. weird you can play Alan Lazard maybe yeah.
4: Lazard King. Yeah. yeah he's been a full-time player for them he's he's popped a little bit in the box score but other than that it's it's
3: that's it but we're forgetting it's a Jimmy Graham revenge game. Oh, oh my God. yeah I forgot about that it is. It yeah. mean I'm telling you to play Jimmy Graham, but it is a Jimmy Graham. I also Graham generally forgot Jimmy. about Jimmy Graham. Well, no, <laughs> like, like, fantasy uh, as a whole has, yeah, we, we've forgotten about him. You're it's, not alone uh, there.
2: It's, yeah. it's 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 been a rough go for Jimmy Graham recently, man. You want to talk about a, a guy who's fallen off from where, mm-hmm. he, from where he was at his peak uh, in New Orleans to, to now, man. So, all right, should be a fun weekend of games. I don't know anything anything big I missed. Anything that uh, jumps out to you guys that, that we didn't talk
3: about in these four games? I don't think so. All I right. think we're good, man. It's it's going to be a fun weekend. Yep. It's going to be a really fun weekend, and especially for uh, for uh, for Marcus here. Because, I know.
2: Well, I got to figure out. You know, I got to figure out somewhere to watch the game on Saturday. I've got. You know, I, I have relationship duties that I have to do. Uh, I have, Those
3: are tough, aren't they? I know. I have,
2: like, birthdays, big birthdays coming up, and so I have to sort of negotiate time to at least watch that that 49er Viking game, so we'll see how that works out. Otherwise, I'm going to be, like, staring at my phone all around trying to do things. that <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to go over, but we'll find
3: out. Yeah, yeah. All right.
2: Why uh, do we you wrap this thing up? Uh, if, you, if you play fantasy football, if you play DFS, if you are just on Twitter and follow people on football Twitter, you probably know... About this DraftKings deal here, the the Bachelor and the Bachelor's wife uh, is that is that how we're describing this now? It's Jade, Jade Roper. Jade Roper. She was on The Bachelor, right? But then her husband was also right. on The Bachelorette, right? Right, right. Neither one of them, quote unquote, won. Uh, I don't watch the show enough to know if you win or lose. Whatever, enough it, it, or ever. Both. Yeah. You win the pl- publicity at all times. Sure. Yeah. So, Jade Roper Tolbert and Tanner Tolbert, they were both on the respective versions of the show. Uh, neither was picked by The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but what they met on Bachelor in Paradise. Yep. Uh, and got married. And now, Jade Roper, Jade Roper Tolbert, won the Millie Maker on DraftKings, which... You know, I don't know. Seems like, I guess, a fun story here. You are a reality TV star. Now you win a million dollars. And I mean, it seems good publicity for both sides. But hold on. There is suspicion that this was a little bit uh, not above board, that the two of them combined to go over the one hundred and fifty entries that are allowed there. I mean, chances are you probably read this story. They they had a combined allegedly three hundred entries. Uh, so people are mad. DraftKings is investigating. And actually, this little bit of news that popped up as we were talking earlier, uh, the runner-up in that contest has hired a lawyer um, by the name of Alan Milstein, some of the other high-profile cases Alan Milstein has had. Uh, he has actually worked on behalf of Alan Iverson, Carmelo Anthony, Maurice Claret. So he is involved very much in law that surrounds sports and, you know, I guess sports betting in this case, uh, if you will. First thing is, just one, it just makes me laugh that, like, I don't think this is as big a story if there's nobody from The Bachelor involved, right? If it's just a random person who works at, like, you know, Ralph's, um, <laughs> you know, it's not as big a deal. But I guess my question is, are people really mad or are they mad that, like, they – because I am, I am hard-pressed to believe – that these are the only people who have somehow pooled entries to get around this. this exactly. Mm-hmm. This, this happens, I won't say every week, and
4: I, I won't pretend to know who, who, who all does this, but this happens on large scale almost every single week in, in DFS uh, in max multi-enter tournaments because you can enter up to 150 lineups, like you said, just as one, uh, one person. And, uh, you know, it makes, I, I mean, it's, it's just an easy way to cheat. You kind of keep your player exposures the same what they did was actually they used uh, the Ropers. Both used like I think Jade used all the quarterbacks from the NFC, and he used all the quarterbacks from the AFC. So they split their exposures that way. Got it. And they both had like a bunch of DK Metcalf. Um, look, I-, I think people are probably mad that they didn't win, but at the same time, I-, I could also understand there are you know legitimate DFS players that are upset that this has been something that's been ongoing, an ongoing problem in DFS. People colluding. And it just hasn't been addressed. And the only reason it might be addressed now is because, like you mentioned, Marcus, they're celebrities.
2: So, but uh, so that's my next question, though: is how? And I, I don't know from a programming standpoint or a you know coding development standpoint because that's not my bag. How to prevent it? Because it always feels like there's going to be some workaround. I mean, at the the dawn of DFS, you had people, you know, basically dropping code into the into the thing, right? And, employees, right? Uh, you know, and just like building massive numbers of lineups you know look it's like it's like buying more lottery tickets right like the chances of you hitting are greater i always feel like you know those who want to get around the restrictions are always going to be a step ahead of Mm -hmm. everything
1: it
4: it would be really hard for for one of these sites to step in and and like regulate you know players against colluding it'd be almost be impossible because you're relying on i mean i don't even know what system would be in place so you'd have to like go in to every single Player entries lineup like before lineups locked essentially, and and just try to see if there's some sort of overlap between all the max max multi entry, and that could you know lead you down an, your own rabbit hole, right? You know, and and this is also prophecy. this is
3: also I feel like you know obviously the NFL is you know in business with DraftKings to a point to a point, and I feel like the, that's a big part of the reason why the NFL is not going. Full in, they're not jumping into that DFS pool completely because this kind of stuff happens, and the NFL doesn't want their name associated with this kind of thing. Uh, as, as NFL employees, we all well know, you know, if you are if you get caught gambling on team sports, you're not going to have a job anymore. Uh, we can't play DFS. Uh, for any sort of monetary, uh, you know, reward. We, well, it, if you if you watch Fantasy Live when we do our DM, you, you see yes, this big, giant disclaimer. Yeah. At the bottom yes, right. Of the I screen. mean, I, I do, I do, you know, <laughs> game day morning, and this big giant thing is on the bottom. So the NFL is, and and it's it's smart. And, and some people may think, well, it's hypocritical for the NFL to be taking money from these places, but not actually uh, allowing their employees to participate or or promoting it. It's not though, because this kind of thing happens. And, and now we're seeing this again, and the people who are going to be the critics of the NFL or and or Daily Fantasy, DraftKings, et cetera, are going to come and jump all over this thing and say, well, there's people out there who are cheating, and it's going to cause an issue. And obviously, we're going to potentially see here, as you mentioned, uh, a lawsuit in, in this scenario. But th- this kind of stuff is really what I believe, in part, keeps the NFL from jumping totally into that DFS pool. Because... If you guys remember, I mean, and and, and you know, I've been doing this for twenty years now. The NFL initially didn't even want to get involved in fantasy football. The right. NFL, correct, didn't have its own product. They were using uh, CBS Sportsline or ESPN, and they were just putting the NFL brand on there. They didn't have their own in-house uh, product until what five, five, six years ago. And when they decide, well, geez, you know, we, we've got to jump on the bandwagon here and we're going to say, hey, this is not gambling for us because, you know, for example, you know, Dante Culpepper doesn't play on the same team as Ladini and Tomlinson uh, or, you know, uh, you know, the Calvin Johnson, whatever the case may be, because it's just fantasy. Um, this here is a little bit different because there are people who play fantasy football in the traditional sense for fun, whereas DFS, you're playing to get paid. Right. Which also
2: in. look. I, I,
3: This is me just
2: sort of galaxy-braining this thing, right? I know everybody sort of wants to have a level playing field, and I guess maybe that's why you limit the number of entries that you put in there. Mm -hmm. This thing is never, especially, I think, on the DFS side, it's never going to be fully level right you're going to have people with a deeper knowledge base uh with just flat out more time to do this and more money and more money to put i think that's the biggest thing right that is at
4: 100 the biggest thing the the biggest barrier to entry with with dfs frankly it's not skill because i mean if you haven't played dfs any given week you could you know step in and beat all of the pros for one week you could do it you Mm -hmm. seriously you could do it it happens the biggest barrier for entry is is money and not everybody has you know you know, 150 lineups at $20 a pop. Not you know, that's a lot of money. That's Not everybody money. Has, right. has that money to yep. you know to pop that into to a tournament.
2: Which you know, I think in some ways it, and I don't think it's a coincidence it is why this is sort of mirrors. I think the the poker craze of the early 2000s, especially online, where you know you you if you have a bigger pot, you can tend to sort of you know bully your way into winning bigger money. I think in some ways this sort of sort of mirrors that. Um, so. Yeah, this ended up being kind of more of a substantial, less funny discussion. I mean, <laughs> it's good. No no I'm like I think it's totally cool. Uh, you know, it started off sort of as a joke because the bachelor was involved in this thing. But uh, yeah, I think I think I think we're this is not the last we've heard of this. Um yeah, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with this lawsuit. I also you know, the skeptic in me thinks that something like this is going to happen again. Um, I don't know how soon, I don't know how often, but you know. The odds say that it is going to happen again very soon.
3: I just went on to Twitter mm-hmm. and the Redskins um, welcomed Scott Turner and I clicked on his Twitter and he follows me. Oh, hey, that's cool. Maybe I can get Redskins. Uh, yeah. Um, follow right back at you, Scott. Ask Hit if, me up.
2: Ask if, uh, if we can get some more Terry McLaurin love.
3: Please. During the season. Love it. That'd be great. I will
2: do that. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough. I think we're done. We appreciate you downloading and listening as always. You know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember if someone tells you you're a skeptic, don't believe a word they say. We'll see you on Monday.
0: You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
2: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground
2: at visitcalifornia.com.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16,
4: 2024. See participating retailer for details.
0: What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
4: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
0: We're the
3: hosts of Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.